Hello, I'm Dan. I'm Simon. And this is the Wikicast, a podcast where Wikipedia takes us to a random article each week and we talk about what we find. Simon, what are we talking about this week? This week, Dan, we're talking about the 2005 Beijing Guan FC season. For God's sake. <laughs> why, I, I, did, why do we always have to pick my favourite Wikipedia pages? <laughs> we have somehow managed to do it once again. Because the 2005 Beijing Guan, Gu, 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 Guan FC season was Beijing Guan. It definitely sounds like Guan. It's spelled yeah. G-U-O-A-N. Guan. <laughs> Second consecutive season in the Chinese Super Link, uh, League sorry, ever since it started back in the 2004 season and the 15th consecutive season in the top flight of Chinese football. So wow. there's a lot to unpack uh, here. You've um, got me hook, line and sinker here. I cannot wait for you to tell me more. <laughs> well, well more. Um, the first it, team. Hey. So every week it is literally the easiest joke in the world. Um, the 2005 season, uh, they had a team. I have a team list here. Um, shall I have a go at telling you who is on this team? I mean, I think that's exactly what you should do. Given the we're already kind of racially insensitive enough on this podcast, well, let's just go in for a penny, in for a pound. Give it your best shot. Considering that. Um, Last week, you did a Chinese... Or it might be two weeks ago, you did a Chinese word challenge. And I was like, oh, I can't see the email, so you're going to have to do it on your own. This is kind of mm. feedback. And I don't... I'm not amazing at pronouncing Chinese names in the first place and that I don't know the rules of pinyin. Um, so let's give this a go. Uh, the, the, the goalkeeper... Well, actually, I'll tell you what. There are 36 players listed here. They're all Chinese apart from two nationalities. Do you want to guess the nationalities that these play, players came from? Um, can I ask a, for a clue first? And Well, let me ask a question. Are they European? Are they still from the Asian kind of continent? They are both European, the two foreign okay. players. Are they from France or uh, Spain? Nope. They, they are not nations... I, I, They're not what I would call proud footballing nations. Let's put it like that. Okay, so is one from like Luxembourg? Uh, nearly in terms of the flag, one is from Serbia and Montenegro. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's Branko Jelic. Of course it is. Uh, Good old Branko. And, and the other one is called Dan Alexa. Uh, Dan Alexa? Yeah. Hey, Dan Alexa, play Despacito. Yeah. Um, and Dan Alexa is from Romania. Oh, gosh. The proud footballing nation of Romania. And wow. those Dan Alexa and Branko Jelic are joined by uh, such luminous players as Yubo, Jinan, Zhang Shui, Huawei, Sui, Dongyang. Oh, God. If it's a Q, if, it, is that, if it's like Q-I, is that C? It's like Xiu Zhonghui, I think is how that's pronounced. I really okay. don't know. I re- there's a guy here called Wang. I can tell you that. <laughs> there's, a p- <laughs> there's a player called Wang Dong. <laughs> He's literally oh, just called- Of course there is. He's literally called Dick Dick. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, yeah, there's Wang, Good old Wang Dong. <laughs> Wang Dong, who has the same Wikipedia article. Uh, he was born on 11th of June 1985. Uh, he's a Chinese footballer since 2004 to 2014. Wow. Wow, he's uh, been in the game for 10 years. Yeah, apparently he was good. Um, 
And he would make, and funnily enough, he made his league debut for Beijing in a game against Beijing Guan 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 Guan. Wow. wow. Traitor. What a traitor, Wang Dong, Gosh. You, you dick. Wow. Um, Literally, you dick. Uh, sorry, we shouldn't be making fun of people because their name is uh, another name for penis in our language. It feels somewhat insensitive. Yeah. Um, but um, to be honest, th- this article I, w- I randomized on, we, we as a per the rules of Clark Catholicism, it was just the first thing I landed on. And uh, there, are, I saw a bunch of Chinese names and I thought it'd be funny if I tried to pronounce them. Other than that, there's not a huge amount in this article other than what what leagues the the... Beijing Guan Guan Guan's uh, participated in. Okay, um, uh, I've got some questions. Okay, when was when was the team established? Uh, Beijing Guan 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 uh, was established. Let's go off the article. Uh, in ooh, oh my god, nineteen fifty one, semi professionally, oh, so and it been became for a while, and it became a professional team uh, in nineteen ninety two. So wow. I'm guessing wow. that Chinese football wasn't terribly professional for quite a while. Um, yeah. I mean, so so the the club's predecessor was the Beijing Football Club, which predominantly played in the top tier. And then, so was it just called that before? I'm wow, this is a big old article. I had I had to be honest, I didn't really know that football was a big thing in China. Like I know that it, it is one of those places where you sometimes hear of players going. Like is Wayne Rooney out? there i think i think wayne rooney might be playing in china god knows what what wayne rooney's doing i mean he's he's like it depends on whether he's been good enough for his his handler to let him let him have some time off uh, shrek him off the leash i know yeah. i know he plays for dc united in uh, in america uh, of course uh, yes. but like you know you, you get these famous players who you know will go to china for like a year or two just to make a buttload of money um yeah i think peter kraut i, I swear there's somebody who is in china and it's uh, peter crouch is, a, is in stoke yeah pretty much as far away from china as you can get stoke isn't it <laughs> pretty much uh hey well football players in china i swear that, that i'm um oh there is literally <laughs> if you search football players in china the top search theme is did you mean do they play football in china um there's a billion people there i imagine some of them do uh, Gosh, hang on, UK. Can I can I go down by? Oh my God, this is a huge. This this article of list of foreign Chinese Super League players is absolutely ginormous. Um, England. Here we go. Oh no! Apparently there are no there are no English players. Apparently there were part, part, there's Akpo Sodji. Well, Brexit means Brexit, doesn't it? Well, yeah, yeah. They had he had to leave. Uh, he's of Nigerian heritage. Um, uh, his good full good name. Him. His full name is Iduro Akpuyere Ajuma Akpo Sodje. Bless you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, apparently he's the only player that's. I don't know where I've got that from. Then that like, but there, there must be some famous player that's gone to China recently. Because um, yeah, so, what so a spectacularly ba- tangential Wikipedia thread this has been so far. Yeah, really have. Uh, so it's so the, the the club, the Beijing. Apparently, the full name is the Beijing Sinobo Guan 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 Football Club. Uh, the nick mm. they're nicknamed the Imperial Guards or Beijing's Green Turtle. Um, it's the second most valuable football team in China with a team value of 167 million dollars. Wow! I have no idea if that's that seems like it's not very much. Like, hang on, Man United, 167 million dollars. Yeah, but I don't know how much that is. Well, people, players get players get bought for that much money in in Europe. Yeah, uh, yeah. it is Man United. 
is oh, uh, um, it's Man United is the world's most valuable football club. Do you want to have a stab at how much it's worth? Uh, I'm going to say two billion. Uh, it was valued at three point one billion pounds. Oh, damn. That's, that's in oh pounds yeah so pounds more in dollars yeah crikey yeah. pounds sterling nuts. gosh uh, I mean they had a head start they were they were founded in oh I didn't know that um, in 1433 yeah but before football was even invented uh, yeah. no they were founded as Manchester United in 1902 but they were originally founded in 1878 as Newton Heath L-Y-R what does that even mean uh, L what Newton Heath LYR, but it doesn't say what L. Oh, Lancashire and Yorkshire Railway Football Club. <laughs> that, yeah. That's an interesting bit of history. Yeah, Manchester United yeah. Football Club was formed in 1878 as Newton Heath uh, Lancashire and Yorkshire Railway Football Club. Wow! Uh, by the carriage and wagon department of the Lancashire and Yorkshire Railway Depot at Newton Heath. One of my favourite departments. Yes, uh, next to uh, the Department of of Mysteries. Um, yes, absolutely. But wow, I had no idea about that. Um, yeah, yeah, but when I was a kid, I apparently used to support Man U. Um, I I used to as well. Really? Yeah, I used to when I was in primary school. Not that I gave a flying fuck about football, <laughs> but um, I yeah, and I I now if I had to say I support a team, I'd say Liverpool. Um, because if I didn't, I think I'd be. Um, my mother would kick me out of the house. Oh, she um, is she a massive uh, Liverpool fan? She support. Yeah, the whole family do. My 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 mum, my two brothers, all of my mum's family, they all support Liverpool. And my dad's the the black sheep because uh, he's from Yorkshire and supports Leeds. Dirty, uh, dirty Leeds. Yeah. I, I like Leeds as a city um, a lot. I, I could get behind supporting them as a club, I suppose. But apparently, what's... they've got a really good university. I've got a cousin. One of my yeah. cousins went there, and she said it was excellent. It, it was my insurance, and it was. Um, I gave a talk there at a conference uh, not long ago, which is where I met Dr. Alex Evans, who I did the video about flying mythical beasts with. Um, oh yes. But yeah, very good physics. Very good for physics. Um, mm. Leeds. It also when I, I was... she did child psychology. Oh, that's interesting. That yeah. that must be a fascinating course. Mm, um, absolutely. But yeah, when I was there, they advertised the fact that they had the longest bar in Europe, uh, which was you know like quite quite a bold claim to put on your student prospectus. But yeah, no, it was, it was lovely, lovely place, Leeds. But so, what? Hang on, I'm confused. What's your mum's connection with Liverpool? Is she from Liverpool? No, she. So all of that side of the family are from Lincoln, Lincolnshire. Right. Um, but for, I don't actually know why they've all, they all support Liverpool. Um, I, I don't know. They follow Liverpool quite well, very, very closely, mm. um, and uh, and and Lincoln FC, of course, who've who've I think it was last year ended up playing somebody really big. Um, oh, it's probably their cup or something. Yeah, yeah, it was. They, they, they. I think they. It was like I think Lincoln actually played at Anfield. Oh right! Um, and my family managed to get tickets and went, and it was just amazing. Which and it's really good for you know for a lower league. Yeah, you get a lot gonna, of money from give, it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they can make. Um, well, you split, can, I, it does I, so much wonderful stuff for the club. I think the way the way it works is you split the gate. So Basically, if you go to yeah. if you go put to a big stadium, then you get loads. It was like when do you remember when Exeter played Liverpool in the FA yes. Cup a few years ago, and you know they drew at Anfield Park. I think it was. Mm. Uh, and then they then they played their return leg that like the, at Exeter, so like they 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 were hosting like for those of you who don't know Exeter Football Club is their St James's Park the stadium is like it's like a, an allotment 
compared to Kew Gardens, like yeah. comparing it to not to like Premier League football clubs. Well, it's a charming it stadium. It was. It's much much bigger now. Yeah, they they added a stand because they've just been doing a load of they've been doing a load of work. Um, they've 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 built quite a lot. Um, and they've got this this a massive big new logo outside the front of the state. It looks quite smart now. I haven't I haven't been in. I've been meaning to. Some yeah, of the, I've some never. Of the core scholars at the cathedral are trying to get tickets to some season tickets, you know, to go and see some games. I've never been to um, a game there, and I know it's very yeah. cheap if you're a student. Um, but it's yeah. it's a trash atmosphere. It's like it's one of those stadiums where you get like a lot of violence. Um, it's is it Portsmouth that we have a big rivalry with, or is it Plymouth? I think so. Uh, it might, it's probably one of those. It's like, of the there was there was a derby clash. Peru it might be Peru. Uh, yes, Peru. That's it. Uh, sorry, silly mm. me. Yeah, uh, and you know, when whenever they play each other, like the police always have to escort people, and you know, they have like mounted police and all that kind of thing. Because yeah, well, we see people. I mean, I, I bet you remember. We, you know, we'd see people coming past the house because we live so close. Mm. Um, it's yeah, it's um, it's crazy. But I should I should really get down. In fact, I, I'm going to make that a challenge at some point this term. I'll go to a game. As I say, some of the some of the choral scholars were thinking of going hmm. um, to just just for for a laugh. Um, well, I mean, you, we you'll have really. to. It's that close. And... You will have to do it for the the podcast and report back on your critics' corner. You can criticise that game of football. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, okay, so your mum just sort of that, that for some reason historically your mum's side has always just supported Liverpool. I believe so. Yeah, because I, mean, my... I haven't. I should really ask. I, I have never really, ta- as I say, I've never really taken a great deal of interest in it. I'll watch it, and I get quite excited. I like watching football. Don't get me wrong, mm. um, but that's the extent. You know, I, I, I had a friend um, who came. Uh, Tom Noon came down, and he brought a friend of his who was from Liverpool. Mm. Absolutely obsessed, and they he thought we'd have a fun time in Firehouse by for about an hour talking through the uh, the league and what was going to happen this season and they're just it's like a whole new level of of knowledge you know, oh this, yeah you know, just so clued in and was kind of asking me because i think tom said oh yeah dan likes football which i do but it was just him talking at me and i'd kind of go mm. oh mm. you know <laughs> i had absolutely nothing to add at all the level of knowledge and it is like you know oh this player is transferring you know to such and such but they were you know that's probably because they enjoyed working with the manager who who managed them at this other club like five years ago for six months before they were sacked and replaced by this person and yeah it's, but then know. even getting into like the the, the you know he, he's been pushing them according to articles i've read they've been doing such and such training exercises which is far too early because they'll like it's hard on the knees pre-season which means they'll probably tape you know it's like you know it's the kind of conversation the kind of things that you read when you when you go to like um go to the races and you're talking about how they've how they've you look into the horse's history Mm. and you're like well oh you know it's been it's you know it's it's gonna it's it's meant to be tipped really well but it's doing a a lot of training on on you know it's quite soft and damp underfoot where it comes from whereas today's a very dry day so you don't want to kind of you know it's like oh god it's just all quite full-on yeah, I mean, I suppose any sport you can really get into to that degree, but it does seem that football in particular, you know, you mm. get these people. And, and our friend, our dear friend Peter Robinson, who we used to sing with, was one of these people who just knew everything there was to know and, like, in their spare time would play football manager um, or be, you know, reading up on the news on it. And it's there's something about it that really draws people in. And you do get those kind of family dynasties of, you know, yeah. you've broken the chain. Are, are your brothers dead into it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, Joe, both Joe and Ollie were, are well are still very, very good football players. Um, they used to play. Have they, they played all over? They played in clubs in Australia and and the Netherlands and got quite far up. And then since moving to, because they're at, at private schools in the UK, football isn't as big of a int- 
inter and intramural sport. It's, it's more of a it's common more cricket sport. and rugby yeah. and yeah, absolutely. It's more of a say, but they still you know they still they still play and enjoy it and that's good. But yeah, you do get these dynasties of people who follow and uh, not only into the sport but like follow the same team for generations mm. and generations. I mean, my mum follows Portsmouth. Um, I'm pretty sure her parent or her dad did um, because she was born uh, in I want to say specifically Gosport. Um, mm. But like down, down, you know, near Portsmouth, basically. Whereas in the West Country, we have a dearth of actual good teams. Um, the the best mm. team in the West Country is is Bristol City, but I never felt a particular affiliation with them. You know, like it was just, it's just not. I'm sure if I grew up near Liverpool or in London, where there are so many clubs, like I probably would have fallen into supporting the local team because it's what all the kids in your school would have been talking about that's probably why i supported man news because there were probably just a bunch of kids in my school who were into it and liked like man U. um you know because there are yeah there are like pictures of me in a man U jersey when i have no connection to manchester whatsoever yeah. um i guess they were just the biggest and the best like you know like I my suppose so, yeah my mate uh who i grew up with mark um his his <laughs> he was a newcastle fan to the extent where all of his like his first email address was bob marley loves newcastle at hotmail or something like that um mm. like he was he was so into it but as far as i know no connection whatsoever to newcastle i i think the only reason he chose it was because alan shearer was playing for them at that time and he was just like the big like striker like the big player and you were kind of drawn in by the cool factor of that mm. uh but I don't know if there, um, if there is a if if the uh, Beijing Sonobo Guan 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 Football Club has uh, one of those uh, uh, players with them. I'm just I'm just looking through this. the The actual cross article. Cross your fingers, I suppose. The the article that we randomised on is such a small article because it was some. It was just it was the the team that the club fielded in this one season, uh, including mm. Wang Dong. Um, Whereas that's another merch idea. We could make some. We, we could. We could all just get reproductions of Wang Dong's uh, football shirt for this club. Um, yeah, but the actually the, the the interesting so sorry the article for the club is much much longer, and I'm getting snow blindness just by looking at it. There's so much going on. Um, well, speaking of so uh, snow blind uh, blindness and think so much going on, um, even song today. Oh, do tell. As a so, I've, I'm sure I've mentioned before um, the structure of even song. We're probably all familiar with now because we go on about it so much. The <laughs> Psalms for today are the new, the notorious fifteenth evening, which is Psalm Psalm seventy eight. Now, Exeter Cathedral sing full psalter. You do sing full psalms for the day, which which means you you know you usually change chant at least at least five times, and it's about maybe two to three pages. So quite a big psalm. Hmm. Psalm 78, on the other hand, is a 72-verse psalm, <laughs> which means there were seven pages to sing, which was made all the more hilarious because we walked in um, and there was an announcement just before the procession saying, oh, by the way, um, we've got about 38 uh, Dutch visiting organists in the <laughs> congregation <laughs> who just a- happened to be in the... But yeah, they're going around... Um, you know, basically going on a tour of good English, good you know, fine English organs and 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 their buildings. Mm. Um, and they came to hit, and I felt so awful for them because they're like, oh yeah, we'll go to even song, we'll hear a bit of music, it'll be lovely. But this the psalms for tonight just went on and on and and it was mm-hmm. it was brilliant. You know, it's really you know really really good fun. Um, 
but it's a, it's a, it's one of those really epic uh, psalms where it's lots of it's, you know it's very kind of fire and brimstone. Um, it's uh, like it's quite exciting. Psalms when they're like that though are just so exciting, you know. Like, yeah. So I'm trying to find a. Uh, let me see if I can find a good example of one of that. Yeah. Here we go. Um, uh, they remembered not his hand, nor the day when he delivered them from the enemy, how he had wrought his signs in Egypt and his wonders of the field of Zoan, and had turned their rivers into blood and their streams so they could not drink. He sent divers sorts of flies among them which devoured them and frogs which destroyed them. He gave also their harvest unto the caterpillar and their labour unto the locust. He destroyed their vines with hail, and this, which is, you know... He gave up their cattle also to hail and their flocks to hot thunderbolt. It's like, it's just all, you know, you get these moments where the choir is just going from nothing and then the organ explodes and we all just scream like, and he was really <laughs> scary, but he was good if you believed in him. But if you didn't, he was really scary, but it was mainly okay, you know. It was mainly okay. Um, they made a movie adaptation of it with Val Kilmer starring Moses and the Prince of Egypt. Yeah, oh man, it was, it was pretty epic, yeah. It was oh, very, very awesome. fun. This poor Dutch, um, yeah, Dutch organist just, didn't know what hit them. I know, it was just mad. Um... They had a yeah they had a, I think they had a quite a good uh, they visited on a good day it was Locusus Day by Bruckner as the anthem, which is you know quite quite nice quite friendly and then Howell's New College service which was which was new to me. Um, you described I've, it as I've, something else before we started uh, the podcast. Yeah, piece of piece of shit, I believe was the specific uh, description. It's just not very good. I don't. It, it's it's very not Howellsy. There's moments where. You'll you'll kind of get a, you'll recognise a, a kind of a motif. Usually, it's you know like a, a dotted crotchet tied to a quaver, and you're like, oh, it's Hal's. Um, but then, <laughs> other than that, it's just a bit kind of underwhelming. Well, when we've recently sung his Westminster service, his St Paul's service, and his Gloucester service, um, yeah, it was just a bit uh, just underwhelming. But what I did do on the weekend, and this will be the last. Uh, choral point in fact let's just we're going to make a brief interlude into choral corner well, which, because which, which, this is, we're done with this the article is, should we just hop on over to dan's yeah. choral corner hang on wait wait a let's minute go. folks we're just going to put a jingle in here right now okay as you were dan okay so i sang my sunday consists usually of eucharist in the morning and even song in the afternoon now even song in uh, this sunday was different because it was the installation of the new bishop of crediton Oh, which was a which was a very interesting service because not only did it go on for for much longer than it normally does, and there are a few kind of interesting things that happen within the service. Um, there's a load of stuff that happens out of view from the public um, before the service begins. So normally, we we you know we sing in the choir Q U I R E rather than singing in the nave, the main body of the cathedral. Yeah. Um, this time, because there were going to be so many people. Um, the even song was sung in the nave, um, but before that, we processed from the vestry, which is where we gather to kind of derobe and pray before and after service. Um, we, we walked through into a building called the Chapter House, which, if you were standing outside Exeter Cathedral, um, is just to the right of the building. Mm. Um, and we all process in, so the entire choir go in. Um, the members of the cathedral chapter. Um, so the various different canons, like canon presenter, canon treasurer, um, blah, blah, blah. And then members of the College of Canons, a load of random like deacons and archdeacons, Bishop of Exeter, the new Bishop of Crediton, the Bishop of Plymouth. Everyone goes into the chapter house and then they lock all the doors. So we're all locked in. Then there's this weird ritual um, kind of moment where um, 
basically this 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 big up that you know these two canons uh speaking to the dean <laughs> exeter Sorry. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, have to go and approach the Bishop of Exeter and say, we would like to install this new bishop. And there's this big old ceremony about making sure it's all okay. And there was this amazing moment. I don't know if you've seen footage of, um, you know, when Houses of Parliament are opened. Oh, and they like smash you, it with a mace. Yeah, yeah. Black Rod has to go up and, and has to knock on the door. And Well, he walks up and then the door is slammed in his face and then he has to ask permission to enter the house. Mm. And they say yes. Well, a similar thing happens in Exeter. So there's this moment where the uh, where Mr. Dean has to um, turn around to kind of like the head verger and make sure that everything's okay in the surrounds of the building, that it's all all right for this service to go ahead. So they have to say, are there any... Now, there's... I've, believe this specific phrase was um are there any con oh, i don't think is it consummatious i don't know i wasn't there consummatious i don't know maybe consummatious or something it's basically like are there any shifty folk about but they don't say about this i'm going to say it's consummatious are there any consummatious consummatious persons without and then the verger heads over to the big, like the great doors of the cha- of the uh, of the chapter house, opens up this little peephole, like in Lord of the Rings when they're trying to get into <laughs> oh, in the prancing pony. There's one for men and one for hobbits. <laughs> yeah, so he looks out and has a peek around, and then and then kind of closes it, and then turns around to the dean and says, "All is well without." And then the dean looks back and kind of looks around and has a nod, and then he's like, "Let the great doors be opened." And then they open the doors, and then we all process out of the building, like out into the outside and then back into the main body of the cathedral and then the service is allowed to begin um huh. and that happens at both ends and you've got this it's just this weird kind of um showy archaic it was really cool so, so that's obviously like it at one point in the past for the appointment of that process somebody has been like spying or there's been some like at one time they needed to have checked if there were people, you know, whatever, whatever the word is, consummatious people hanging around. And so that's now become part of the ceremony every time. Like, mm. imagine, like, if at some point in the past, like, you know, th- th- as part of the ceremony, somebody span around three times by accident. And then they were like, oh, we've got to do mm. that every time now. Like, has to go into the centre of the chapel, spin around three times, and then proceed to give the verger a grubby fiver, and then yeah. a wink, and then carry on. And that's just, like, part of the ceremony now. It's just, yeah, it's... It's just, it's just really weird. It's very cool, though. So she was this new bishop, uh, Bishop Jackie. It's the new Bishop of Crediton. She's come from Gloucester Cathedral, where she was archdeacon and residentiary canon, um, which meant that the, that's why we sang How's Gloucester for her. And then all of the other music was John Sanders, um, because he was he, he was at Gloucester, um, where we did a really, really interesting, very, very difficult anthem, but it's a beautiful piece. And this will be my piece of the week. We need uh, we need a jingle for that. <laughs> yeah, um, I need to also remember Tapio, the name of get, it. Get, get us a jingle for for Dan's piece of the week. My piece of the week, <laughs> drum roll please, will be uh, John Sanders' arrangement um, called "A Prayer for Cardinal Newman." It it also goes by the title "O Lord Support Us." Uh, there is a very very fine recording, and I think it's one of the only ones. Um, by the choir of Gonville and Keys College, Cambridge. Um, oh, uh, horrible college! Well, that, but they've got a very good choir. Do they? Interestingly, know? do they? Very, yeah, they actually do. They really do. Um, I actually, I, I had a wander around the college. It was quite nice. Um, nah, it's trash. Okay. Um, 
But yeah, it's called, uh, a, you'll need to pop into YouTube, A Prayer for Cardinal Newman. There's a big blue, there's kind of like a, a washed out uh, thumbnail with a blue kind of album art. And it's got a picture of John Sanders in a circle. We'll provide it in the show notes, but it's really, really nice. And it it's classic Sanders. It's really interesting to listen to because what you think is quite a simple tune is just the crunchiest, most ungodly pig of a piece to sing because it's just so oh so you have selected this because it's difficult oh yeah it's it was it was just mental and it's i think it's safe to say that the second tenors probably have the hardest line in the entire piece um but yeah it's it was well worth it and it was such a tremendous sense of kind of fulfillment when we got through it because it was the best one and the best kind of time we've sung it was in the service but yeah give it a listen it's really cool um i hope people like it there you go. Okay. Well, that's that. Yeah. I will have to listen to that because that's a new one to me. Um, yeah. What I shall do is I'll, I'll have to I'll send you a link now and then we'll pop it in the show notes so uh, so people can find it. Okie dokie. Um, well, so this is now Critics Corner, isn't it? We, it is we, now. We yeah. just we leapt b- b- beyond the threshold. Um, so I have a, um, a, a few things to talk about. Not not a huge amount. Um, I want to uh, give a shout out and to discuss a channel which I don't think you know about i may be completely wrong but i binged a whole bunch of his videos and that's the uh cosmonaut variety hour right uh and i will i will send you this link and it will also be in the show notes along with everything else we talk about like every Mm. week um it is uh it's a dude who does um basically is doing for film what i am trying to do for science stuff in that he does video essays but also incorporates live action elements into it um, and in particular, I completely binged his uh, three-part review of every single Marvel Universe, Cinematic Universe uh, film. Like, he reviewed every single one and then ranked them uh, as a retrospective. And I just mm. really completely fell in love with how he makes videos. It's quite... The, the, the comparison that I can make is it's like Up Is Not Jump. Um, it, oh, cool. Okay. Uh, and yeah, but, but imagine that, but for films. Um, so he did the thing on Pacific Rim Uprising, which... I never planned on watching, uh, and I'm definitely not going to after mm-hmm. after that one. Um, was uh, it particularly scathing? Uh, yeah, it's basically his review is two out of ten. Don't watch this movie for the love of God. Don't watch this movie. Um, <laughs> like seriously, this isn't a joke. Don't watch this movie. I think was the was the was the end yeah. of the review, uh, which is you know really says that it's great. Um, but yeah, uh, totally totally off my radar. Uh, and then he appeared in my my recommendeds, and I absolutely sort of just you know how you discover a new channel sometimes and you're like this now this is amazing i need to get yeah. every single one of your videos in my brain um yeah. and uh yeah so that that's that was that was my discovery um along with this there was another guy called is it no he has an honorific um vin he, lord vin hetero um who you've probably seen in the recommendeds on youtube he's a guy who looks a bit like notch as in youtube so um minecraft notch minecraft notch yeah uh playing a piano and uh, he's basically just the same video over and over again from from the looks of things he's a dude who knows how to play the piano and has memorized a few pieces and has done a channel that's now like nearly three million subscribers out of it it's just a little bit frustrating really because like i watched three minutes of it and i was like yeah this is fun but then you kind of realize that pretty much all of these videos are exactly the same and this mm. this is not a huge amount of effort to to make 
you know <laughs> like yeah it was so that's annoying that's um that that was um something else i mentioned before we started recording was that i ended up talking to a phd student uh, zoe glatt uh, uh who's doing a phd in youtube she's doing her phd as a digital ethnography of um, youtube and specifically looking at how um creators view di- di- how they view and use different platforms simultaneously so how i as a youtuber for example view instagram and twitter and twitch and how i put myself across on those different platforms and how different that is compared to youtube um yeah really interesting project um but it means that i have been like thinking very cynically all day uh about about youtube and just getting uh, a, a wee bit depressed of thinking like I set all these artificial rules and restrictions on myself because I hold myself to a high standard when it comes to making content uh, yeah. and you know refusing to give in to not necessarily clickbait but, ref- but refusing to uh, god I don't even really know how to put it into to not very many words it's basically trying to maintain artistic integrity is, yeah. is the short version and I know that if I didn't do that I would make so much money like i i just know that i could make an absolute killing um but i would be selling out to do so in the it's not the same but like in a similar kind of way to how um if i uh did a physics degree and i was really into research and then decided actually i'm going to go work in the city uh, and earn a buttload of money doing a soulless job yeah um like so i've been i've been basically lo- looking at like lord vintetera's channels just like uh i just make life so difficult for myself in the sense that, like, mm. you know, if only I had lower standards uh, for my behavior and for my, my content and just wanted to churn out uh, content over and over and over again, I could I could make so much money. But that's ultimately yeah, not a... why I do YouTube, I suppose. No, well, that's the thing. It's, it's, it's what, you know, what are you in it for? Yeah, I mean, I, I do YouTube because, well, I mean, I started doing YouTube for the social sort of change aspects of it the social mobility aspect uh and now i mostly do it because of the artistic side of it it's because yeah. i i view it as an artistic output uh it's basically my childhood dream of be- being a a filmmaker uh made real and it's more than yeah. that i'm a filmmaker and a science communicator all at once um mm. which is two birds one stone yeah which is which is nuts like that is absolutely nuts what what i what i do it's just that like because i don't my bottom line isn't financial i don't make very much money from doing it really yeah and because that's not the priority yeah it's it's oh i don't know it just just talking talking about it for so long and really analyzing it because you know when you're a creator you don't get to sit down and talk about this stuff like the closest i Mm. get on a regular basis is this podcast where we actually like analyze the industry a little bit sometimes Um, yes like in in everyday life you know i know i know that pixel girl isn't interested in that kind of thing and i wouldn't want to inflict on her like incessant conversations about about the youtube meta um Mm. like and i my parents aren't interested in it and i think it's interesting talking to people online about as in like fans and and things like that about it um but you know it really puts it into stark contrast we sit down with someone who's passionately interested in it like i am and you just think shit <laughs> like, it sounds like it's going to be an absolutely fascinating PhD topic because yeah. there's already so much to say. It'll be interesting to see interesting to see what findings she she kind of draws and the conclusions she makes. And because I mean, I, I was talking to her about how I um I, I I want to write a book on this stuff, like about about how YouTube and society and creators kind of sociologically interact. Um, and so mm. I, I, I I one of the reasons I agreed to to doing the um 
the interview is because I knew I was going to get some reading from her, like some some recommended reading in like textbook form, um, which I did. So now I have like a baseline to start sort of pulling together my own account of this stuff because I think mm. I have something of a unique perspective in the sense that I've been a creator for a long ass time. I've been doing this this stuff for eight years, um, mm. and also trained as an academic. So. Yeah. In the sense of writing it and pulling all this stuff together, I know how to deal with a large project like a thesis in an academic way. Um, but also then when it's released, you have the credibility aspect of it. It's just he's not some dumb YouTuber. He's He's got a PhD, you know. Um, yes. So I'm kind of in a unique position to be able to write something like this. Um but yeah, I mean, and it would be totally different from what Zoe's doing. Like she's doing it as a as an ethnography, uh, like a boots on the ground. I was a vlogger, and this is this was my experience, and this is you know, from from the inside and talking to other creators, how they perceive all these different formats. Um, yeah, which is an interesting thing because recently I've been streaming. I've been I don't know I don't know if you saw, but I was doing some streaming on Twitch of your favorite game uh, ever made. Uh, this oh, past really? weekend, yeah, I was, I was I was playing some Careful Space program uh, because I was basically I was, I was going to say like, oh, did you did you choose Horde or Alliance? Uh, no, unfortunately, I was being ironic. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, basically, after going to see the Mars rover at Stevenage, I really fancied um, playing some Careful Space program for some reason. Mm. So I am currently in the middle of I've built a rover and I now want to try and get it to the Kerbal equivalent of Mars, uh, which is more difficult than it sounds because first you've got to get a satellite in orbit around mars quote unquote um in order to be able to talk to it because you can't put a satellite yes. you can't put like an antenna that's big enough on the rover and not have some outrageously large payload so yeah basically i've done two streams and i've, I've completely failed um <laughs> we haven't accomplished anything but i did build a space plane and managed to land it so that was that was something. Oh, that's cool yeah it's i like i've always struggled with space planes but if you actually know what you're doing it's not too bad it's it's like you basically as long as the center of mass and the center of thrust are in the same place it's flyable and then from that point yes. it's just knowing what the components do um but yes yeah, so I've, I've been doing some streaming and like i've remembered how much i like streaming like i intend to do it every week now i want to do an educational stream and then maybe a, a gaming stream every week um partly yeah. partly for the financial aspect of it but also it actually makes me play games and actually take some time off which I think what's kind of sad actually is that I wouldn't take the time off to play video games if it wasn't somehow useful to me in a career sense. This way, yes. like by streaming, I get to play games, but also feel like I'm being productive for my career. So it actually makes me take time off, <laughs> like, yeah. if, that, if that makes sense. Again, it's that two birds, one stone thing. You can you can justify it because it's doing more than serving more than one purpose. Yeah. But at the same time, yeah. it's also not very healthy to think of things that way. And I was having a chat to Alex uh, Lathbridge, you know, um, Thermodynamics, mm. about it. Yeah. He also turned up on my uh, my stream. Um, when when I asked people for music recommendations, he was the first one to get in there. So I was run, I was t- taking off and landing the space plane called Kevin Spacey, by the way. Um, uh, Strong. To uh, it's all right. There are no children in the game. Um, uh, to Ooh. to the strains of Run the Jewels, it's like really quite aggressive hip hop in my ears. I'm <laughs> like trying to delicately land the space plane. Yeah, uh, it's like it chooses now to identify as a ground man. Oh, we're on yeah. the ground. Um, yeah. yeah. So so yeah, it's you know like doing and what we were talking about earlier was sorry. This is a very long rambly discussion. Um, but sort of comparing how I put myself across on Twitch to how I put myself across on YouTube. Hmm. and like for example on youtube i don't allow swearing on my channel 
but we're doing the wiki cast but we censor it but then i don't hit, stop myself from swearing on my my twitch like you know and so that's that's sort of like a, a a small example of then what image are you putting across on on the different platforms because i mean yeah. how do you because you don't you know you you have made content with me but you are not a content creator per se on on youtube no. or on twitch how would you describe how you perceive twitch and and youtube like by comparison um well, i think you hit the you know you hit the hell now on the head and i think you get a much more real experience with a with a creator on twitch than you do on youtube because more often than not the youtube side is more tailored and and potentially censored and there's a you know there's this it's edited yeah fundamentally whereas whereas you know twitch in essence is a webcam it's still very much up to the to the individual to see how much of a, comp- a performance they can put on and how much of that is a, is kind of showmanship for the camera and, and a character that they may want to play. But I think nine times out of ten, a, a Twitch persona is going to be more um, more real than a, than a YouTube persona. Yeah, but because yeah, fundamentally it's not edited. Like that mm. is the, the 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 key distinction. Um, yeah, and I feel like that's possibly why people are increasingly. Young, younger people and do correct me if i'm wrong readers i do i would i'd like to get some emails on this i think that's why a lot of younger people are going and watching more twitch compared to youtube because they feel like they're getting that m- more truthful take you know like they're not there isn't that barrier of the editing between them and the person who they're looking up to um yeah. because as i said in my ted talk that is um you know like that that's what people associate with social media they associate the platform like the format just physically watching it on your phone with truthfulness because it's what they consume video from their friends as Mm. and i think possibly people are tuning into the fact like younger people are now becoming a bit more aware of the fact that the image on youtube is curated and it's monetized and people are doing stuff for sponsorships and it's and it is like i watch some of the stuff that pixel girl watches and it's just so embarrassing how Mm how shameless some of the monetization is um yeah well it's like you know how you could you used to cringe in between cartoons at these stupid adverts for for things like you know usually um kids with their voices dubbed over with other child actors voices being like the new mega man kind of oh yeah that's you know buy now at toys right you know that is and you'd cringe at that but what's happening on youtube is just the same but it's just it's being packaged in a slightly different way that's meant to play upon a degree of reality. You think, oh, it's a genuine, th-, you know, and, and and I think it's very very easy to 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 use the whole, you know, the easiest way to support your creator is to buy their merchandise, and then but then it becomes kind of like, oh, the easiest way to support a creator is to aid them financially, whether that's buying their merchandise or kind of like if you go to this website where these people code. make these socks and use this code you'll get you know you know it's just things like that it's um it's it's a really interesting it'll be interesting to see in like you know maybe 100 200 years to look back and 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 have social scientists kind of analyze this period of yeah of online content i mean know? that's why one of the reasons why i'm quite keen to 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 write something about this because i feel like i am on like you know this is obviously a completely overblown comparison but it does somewhat feel like you're on the beaches of normandy you know like you are there in mm. the moment um going through it and being able to actually say you know if i can write this stuff down if i can capture how i am feeling as a creator at this moment academically evaluating it that's potentially something quite valuable to people you know in in the future um yeah but yeah it's just so 
you know, it's, I, I think, uh, you know, that there are so many angles of attack to like talking about this because, you know, you can talk about how the, the way that we consume media and the media which gets popular is so largely determined by an algorithm, like a machine learning algorithm on YouTube um, or, you know, the Google algorithm. Like that's, that's one aspect um, mm. to, to sort of, you know, how it's changing. But, but what's also changing it is how young people, it seems in particular, when and how they cotton on to the meta in the sense of how stuff is monetized and yes. and how stuff um how the industry works and like people are always interested in how youtubers make money and how the industry works like there is always that desire to know and i feel like when they find out it changes then how they perceive the content and the people who are just brashly out there with or or just like you know hide don't even seem to bother hiding the monetization i feel like those are the kind of channels that then suffer from people then having the knowledge about how it works because they see how yeah. little effort some of these people are putting into their content possibly i'm salty about this because um you know i've done two science videos recently which have been the best things i think i've i've ever made from from a video perspective um yeah and uh and like they've done terribly whereas you look at some channels who have you know particularly individual channels who have built up large followings from a th- really not doing very much in their videos and just you know from an, like objectively their videos are nowhere near as developed like as in mm. no, no nowhere near as much thought or effort has gone into it and the end result is amateur by comparison and yet it does so much better by every metric imaginable, apart from, you know, how much knowledge somebody actually gets from the video, but in terms of views and in terms of, of monetization, um, you know, so, so possibly, you know, take take my rant, dear reader, in this section with a pinch of salt, just because it, it's, it's, frust- it's frustrating me at the moment that, like, I, I kind of, I, I always have this assumption that quality will eventually win out and good stuff yes. will just draw people's attention in eventually and what i've been experiencing recently is that that isn't always true um yeah i mean maybe it will in the long i think term. it's so much it's so much down to the to the kind of the youtube as a medium and as a forum and a space you know like it's it's not true i think for, you know i've seen usually interestingly and i was I, I should ask this person um she makes music videos and she usually always puts them up on vimeo yeah rather than that because i think that's more of that's more of a fair space for kind of with for for um creators with a, with a strong sense of artistic integrity yeah i mean um, it, it has a different set of of cultural cues associated with it like vimeo is yeah. you think of it as a place for artists basically yeah absolutely um because there isn't such a clear scheme of monetization there that there are no adverts on the videos right yeah, um, and you know, just the player itself—you associate the the player on YouTube and the fact that there is that YouTube logo in the top left, and they have the recommendations on the right. Um, like you just associate that subconsciously with a certain kind of content, regardless of yeah. how good the quality actually is. Whereas on Vimeo, you then have a completely cultural, way way less strong. You know, they're not coded as strongly, but completely different cultural cues. Um, mm. And like, it's just this is why I think YouTube needs a, a competitor because there isn't one like vimeo is the closest thing to a competitor but there's no way that you get creators to actually move their full-time jobs over to vimeo you know like but but what's the alternative at the moment at the moment we have to stick with youtube because it's the only site we have where it's even vaguely possible to do what we do yeah it monopolizes the 
Yeah, and so and so you monopolize. And so it monopolizes the cultural cues that people associate with your content. You have to live with the fact that people are going to watch your video, regardless of how good it is, with a certain set of preconceptions and assumptions in mind. And it yeah. does seem that for the majority of people, that those go counter to a an experience and watching a product which is actually good quality. Mm. I don't know. I, I am probably just being a bit salty about all of this, but. No, I don't know. I think well, you got something that you're, you know, you're very, very deeply connected with and clearly care a great deal about because it's, you know, it's your job certainly at the moment. Um, it'll be yeah. I'm I'm very excited to hear what this PhD will will turn out. Um, I imagine it's going to be a very interesting read, especially for people who are interested in the online community mm. and the video making community specifically. Yeah, I mean, and because and she's, um, Zoe's been at a few conferences and, you know, she was at VidCon in the US, she was at Sitsi in the UK. And like, I think it's, it'd be interesting to see, you know, which creators that she's talked to will pick her back up on it and be like, can I read the thesis when you're done? Because I think yeah. a certain kind of creator couldn't give two shits. Um, whereas, no, absolutely. you know, certain people like, like me and probably, you know, I, th- I think if it, you were to, if it was, if you were locked in a room with it, you'd probably end up reading it as well. Um, mm. You know, you w- would find it interesting because we, just the way we view the world like we we actually think about this this meta aspect to it in a not to say Mm. that you know other creators don't but i don't know i i feel like i probably overthink things not necessarily a good thing Mm. um sorry i've been talking to whilst we've been um talking sally lepage uh favorites uh our second favorite biologist uh has been messaging me she uh she just sent me a message that said video games make me sick uh apparently she's been playing firewatch ah such a good game <laughs> i knew you'd say that <laughs> oh it's really good it's really good hang on i'm just gonna i'm gonna ask her other than the motion sickness do you, how did you like the game she 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 said all i did was tell some kids not to set off fireworks in a national park now i have a terrible migraine <laughs> oh so she's she's like in the this that's like in the first 20 minutes i don't know yeah there's some kids there's some kids playing in the water and you have to go and then the whole thing, much like with, oh, I can't, I, I'm not going to say because it would massively spoil the game, but there's huge twists. Like it, yeah. yeah, it was um, Hannah from the Ogs cast played it, didn't she? And yeah, she did. did. She, well, like, I, I saw her first, well, I saw Sips do it first, I think, and I saw, I got to like, episode two and was like, right, I have to, I have to buy this game. Um, yeah, like, I, I think yeah, it looks, I might end up cycling back around to it, to be fair. Hmm. Well, my housemate and I, uh, James, have both recently chipped in to buy the new Assassin's Creed. Oh, Odyssey. Odyssey, what, yeah, what because it's set in ancient Greece. Which, it, yeah, it's really cool. I've played a bit of it, um, but it's just great to to see, you know, a lot of the things that I've studied in my degree. Actually, you know, I'm not there in the game yet, but there'll be sections where you'll be able to like walk, walk around the Parthenon, which is just cool. Oh, that's yeah, like because they do seem to be pushing the educational side of the games a bit more. Like they did one yeah. in Egypt, didn't they? That was Origins, yeah. Yeah, I've never I've never played any Assassin's Creed. It's one of those games that I feel oh, like I probably they're really good. Would they're really enjoy. good. I I liked Black Flag. That was kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, there's a there's loads of really cool bonus tidbits in in Odyssey so far. Like one of the quests, you had to go to Odysseus's palace and find Penelope's shroud, which you use as becomes your first like assassin's hood. And there's these bonus. You can pick up bonus notes where you're like, if you travel travel north, you'll find the pig farm or the goat farm where um, Odysseus first met Athena. Um, oh, yeah. and, and you go and you're like, it's really cool like for, well, as I say for someone who studies classics and, so you know, is this is this um, a bit more of a faithful adaptation than for example Disney's Hercules um yeah probably I mean it's probably safe to say that this is this is slightly <laughs> more grounded in they've actually consulted uh, a classicist in, at some point 
at some point, yeah, there's some inaccuracies, but equally, you know, much like with any fictitious interpretation, it would be very boring if you just stuck to fact. But um, yeah, I think for the for the whole, it's been it's it's been pretty accurate. So, so okay, uh, weather update: it's raining. Um, so I I, I, I asked Sally, um, like I just said, by the way, I'm recording an episode, um, and she, I was like, do you, do you want to be in the episode? Uh, and she just sent me a picture of what she looks like. Which, which is to say, like she's in bed and apparently looks gross, and I'm just like, it's a podcast, Sally. <laughs> like, yeah. what you look like doesn't matter. <laughs> um, yeah, that's the yeah. Okay, bless her. Oh, well, well, I hope her migraine goes away. Uh, I'll just say, Dan hopes your migraine goes away. <laughs> gets worse. Goes, goes away. Oh wait, no, he said, gets worse. <laughs> Thanks, mate. He just said thanks, mate. <laughs> Sorry, this is fun. I hope, I hope that you guys at home are enjoying this uh, this this conversation. It's very meta episode. Sorry, she's now said thanks, Dan, and then another episode, another message immediately after that says F- you, Dan. <laughs> oh, that's nice. F- you too. F- you very much, Sally. Um, yeah. Like she. Oh yeah. I suppose. I, I suppose we should say we should say congratulations because Sally has handed in her PhD thesis. Yes, um, I saw. So Amazing. Massive congratulations, Sally. I, I don't know if you're ever going to listen to these now, though, because I know you listened to these when you were counting dead flies, and you don't tend to do that in your spare time um, quite so much. So maybe we'll, we'll never yeah. listen to this, but well done. Also well done to Ines, who you... Have you met Ines, Dan? I can't remember. Yeah, I met her at VidCon. Oh, of course you did, yeah. Um, they both submitted uh, on the same day, I think. Um, oh, cool. So they are both uh, done with their PhDs at Oxford. Well, I mean, they've got to do the Viva and everything, but well done to the both of you. I know exactly how strenuous it is. Um, Ines actually showed me her thesis because um, we, we were both filming at the Airbus thing. Uh, and uh, like, it's like 260 pages or something. And she was like, well, a lot of it is padding out. And I was like, Still a lot in here, in Ace. Like this, apparently she thought she was worried it was going to be too short. Uh, but no, I, I don't think that was going to be a problem. Um, That's crazy. Also, uh, Sally has finally replied, saying, "I'll leave you to chat sh- and waste people's precious time on this earth while I contemplate the underside of my pillow." Nice vid, by the way. Shame about the views. <laughs> Brilliant. Thanks, Sally. There you well, go. shall we? Thanks, Sally. Thanks for that input. Shall we chat some sh- and waste people's time in Patreon corner, Dan? Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> Top lot. Patreon. Gotta catch them all. The dollars will see us through. You'll teach me and, and I'll, I'll pay teach you. Patreon. <laughs> Gotta catch them all. Gotta catch them all. Patreon. Why is that not our, our intro? <laughs> so it's that time again where we find ourselves in Patreon Corner. This is the moment of the podcast where we'd like to say a special thank you to our top lads, those who who pledge uh, $5 a month or more to ensure that this podcast keeps going. It includes things such as paying for our hosting, allowing us to uh, to do our first foray into merchandise, which was uh, which was very exciting. Um, then, or our and then... first Darufle into merchandise. Oh, very nice, very nice. It's <laughs> a requiem joke for you there, everyone. Um, Sorry, I just and, wrecked uh, and, your intro. Uh, okay, easy, easy, Tiger. <laughs> um, and uh, and we'll, we'll we'll be wrapping up in, in just a bit later um, with updating you on the team dog, team cat standings. But first, we'd like to say a massive thank. Before we say massive thank you to our top lab patrons, Ooh. is there any update on the John Rutter Memorial Home for Injured Swans Fun Run T-shirt? 
I've been okay. So the, the designs have been getting better and better. I've now got. I, it's, it's nearly ready. It's nearly there. Um, I'm going to need a little bit more time to kind of finalise it, but it's going to. I promise this is going to happen. Um, I've, I, I was meant to do a bit more this weekend, but it's just. It's been quite a. It's been quite a hectic weekend. I haven't really found much time. People seem um, to be very keen for this idea. I think we should do a limited run. Like yeah, know, oh, like, I'm massively keen like to do thirty it. shirts or something. Just like a super limited yeah. run. And I'm as I say, I am going to message. Uh, if you love memes, um, which if you haven't liked, you absolutely should. I put it. In, I put it in the show notes last time. Yeah, um, I'm so. Um, I'm and so we'll excited see if they see can uh, design. I, I. I just. I'm so excited for this project. Yeah, it's gonna be. Uh, it's gonna be good. But yes, it, it will be coming. Um, I just need a bit more time to, uh, to, to 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 devote to it. Okay. Um, but back to our back to our top lads. Yes. Um, a, a massive thank you must go out to uh, Ben Dent, Ben McMurtry, Billy Toulson. Chucko Katz, Connor Levers, Dan Hanvey, Davi Shram Vontabel, David Scahill, Elliot Conway, Eric Davis, Habiba Amjad, who, as I now know, I have been informed, does have Twitter, and Henry Brewster, Isabel Ostrovsky, Jay Wright, John Mannion, Jordi Eschendahl, Kyle Much, Luckland Woods, and Lewis Watson, Lindsay Van Rin, Marit Vakira Punyawat, Matt Maguire, Fee Gascoigne, Rory Healy, and Simon Torseth, and finally, Simon Vase, Tapio Kirkinen, the Boo Stash Man, Ooh. and wonderful Stephen. Oh, wonderful people all. Really, we should be wonderful appending. Uh, sorry, you know, pr- what's, what's the opposite to appending where you put it at the start? There must be a name for that. We should be putting uh, wonderful before everyone's names. Hey, what's the opposite? So it would be the antonym of, of appending. Appending. There must be a, a word for it. Yeah, here we go. Hang on. Single word request. What are the antonyms of append? Um. Append simply means add to or attach to. It is not restricted to adding something to the end or after. That's interesting because I always, I would have assumed it would be something like prepend or something like that to put it at the beginning. And mm. yeah, that append was, uh, well, we should be appending everything. Be like, like like suffix and prefix. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we should be we should be including wonderful in everyone's names was the point I was trying to make. And then we got distracted by language as always. Absolutely. But yes, they're all wonderful people. What I, I have done, by the way, since the last episode um, is I have updated our Patreon. So we now have a goal. We currently uh, are earning $175 a month from patreon.com forward slash the wikicast we really need to get better at actually saying the url um and if we reach 200 dollars a month then what we're going to do is up our support to wikimedia from 50 pounds a month sorry from 20 pounds a month to 50 pounds a month um because at the moment we are not you know apart possibly from the john russell t-shirts this money isn't going anywhere so we may as well be putting it towards something that's actually useful um yeah so we, we talked about it last time so we're going to up our supports 200 um sorry to 50 pounds if we reach 200 dollars a month and as well as that we already post for our hosting and for yeah merchandise costs so that is why our patreon keeps the lights on and allows us to do this and generally justify me spending six hours a week making a podcast that's just full of non-content because we love doing it, but I had to financially justify it. But Dan also asked earlier for an update on Team Dog versus Team Cat. And I'm pretty sure that this has been clawed back a little bit because Team Cat is on 28 patrons now compared to Team Dog's 35 patrons. So we're still behind. That's but good. I, yeah. I th- Improvements. I think that that is better than it was. 
I'm pretty sure. Um, so yeah, for, yeah, cheap cat's still behind. Come on, guys. Like, I know there are more cat listeners out there, and there are plenty of people who have cats who have a dollar a month who like the show. I am, I have no doubt. So you could, if you, if that is you, dear reader, if you have a dollar spare going every month and you'd like to support the show, um, and a, a, a vast chunk of it is going to be going to Wikipedia now, um, then you can. Put your dollar in for Team Cat at patreon.com forward slash the wikicast and just generally help help share the load uh, with everyone else. Um, also, uh, an additional note, we have put a post up there asking what should we do for our Halloween special um, that's coming in... When's that going to be? It's going to be... Oh, that's going to be next week! Ooh. Because, like, well, basically, it, yeah, it's going to be on the 27th. So yes, that's that's that'll be next week is going to be our Halloween one. So we'll, we'll we will have to we have some suggestions ready, but do leave your suggestions uh, on the post on the Patreon with what we should be doing for Halloween. Uh, we would yeah, that's a patron only thing. So you have to be a patron to contribute to that. But yeah, ooh, yes. spoopy next week. Spoopy. But thank you so much to our patrons. You allow us to do the show. And without further ado, should we move on to the next part of said show? Absolutely. Crisis corner. Here we come. Sorry, top lad. Top lad. So, Simon, have you chosen an anonymous crisis for this week? I do, in fact. Sorry. Oh my god, that's so sour. Sorry, I was just sucking on a lemon. Um. Ah. Okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> wow, that was really sour. Um, what? What? Hang on. Why? <laughs> I had a lemon in my drink. Like I had some water, and so I drank the water because we've been going for like an hour. And I was like, "Oh, the lemon looks really juicy. I'll just suck on that, it's like to, to give me some sugar and to you know give me some sustenance." And and then it was way sourer than I was expecting. Fair enough. Okay. All right, mate. Are you okay? Yeah. Yeah. I'm good. I just got a very sour. Your pills for today, or are you yeah. just you're gonna? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm just feeling just feeling so depressed about the the whole YouTube thing. I'm just gonna end it all via sour based foodstuffs. Wow. Okay. It's a it's a it's a hell of a way to go. I'm gonna look like the Witch King of Angmar. Yeah, absolutely. Imploding. You know, like in the Fellowship of the Ring, though, where like when Frodo has the ring on and you see their faces, they just looks like he's a dude yeah. who's been sucking on lemons for ten thousand years. And his face is all yeah. just like. I am no sweet citrus. <laughs> uh, anyway, yes, I do. I do have uh, an email, uh, Daniel, from anonymous, okay. uh, yes. who writes, "Dear Simon and Dan, I hope you're both doing well and acquired some ghost chili chocolate since episode forty-three. Although I guess those two are mutually exclusive. Yes, we have. Um, Vic Vignesh, you've been talking to him, haven't you? Yes, I have. Uh, so he's going to be emailing. Well, he's not going to be emailing them because uh, then I wouldn't get them. He's going to post them uh, to us, and I'll, I'll be sure to update Simon when they come when they arrive. Um, they are actually being sent to Exeter Cathedral. I don't know, they may <laughs> don't know how it's going to be received. Um, well, I, th- I mean, they're going to be. Hopefully, they've been put in my name, and if 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 not, I, I have emailed saying ideally write my name and maybe put brackets choral scholar on it. But otherwise, I might send an email to the reception saying. Oh, there might be something coming if you could keep an eye on it. That <laughs> would be great. Something but wicked also... this way comes. Yeah, absolutely. Keep an eye out. Um, but yes, it, I'll, I'll keep an eye out, and then uh, as soon as as soon as they come through, um, Simon and I will find a time to meet up, and we'll do maybe a video special or something um, of us eating these spicy spicy chocolates. The other thing I was thinking was perhaps we should do. You know, we've been talking about the um, atomic burger hottest burger challenge mm. maybe we should mm. just do that as a special video like just before christmas or something we should go to go to yeah, oxford okay. 
and 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 film that just for the lols. Yeah. Next time you're back in Oxford, we could time it. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. That, that sounds good to me. I I, I I do desperately want to go. Um, I'll see if I can find a time where I'm not singing something Christmassy. Yes. Well, it doesn't have to be before Christmas. Anyway, we're getting sidetracked, but I I just thought I'd put that out there. Anyway, anonymous writes. I have a big decision to make in the next couple of months, and I'd really appreciate both your perspectives. So we we're not going to give our perspectives in this episode. We are going to read this out, and then you, dear reader, you're going to email in to spongyelectric@gmail.com uh, with your sort of crisis corner advice. Um, and we will read out the correspondence in the corner next week and we will then also talk about our response based on that correspondence that make, like yeah, we did and last then week. next week we will we'll end the segment by reading out a new crisis and and so the cycle continues absolutely ad finitum until the heat death of the universe um, ad nauseam yeah, it's all going to be and, and those, incidentally, if you do have a crisis, if you're a reader in crisis, send us that also to spongyelectric.gmail.com with crisis corner in the subject line and we anonymize anything that is sent, including the responses to crises. Um, the, everything is anonymized yeah. in this section. Um, so yeah, do send us your feedback on this and also if you are in crisis, send us your crisis. But next week, we're going to be talking about Anonymous' crisis, which is that they are currently in the third year of a BSc in genetics and looking for options for postgraduate study. They've narrowed down their options to the three choices listed. A. Go to a different uni to my current undergraduate one. This one is much more highly ranked in the league tables and looks absolutely amazing. Perfect course and campus. My only issue is I will have to live at home and commute in. Since leaving for uni, my mum thought it would be a good idea to turn my room into a gym. Tragic, I know. Therefore, I'd be sleeping on a sofa bed in the conservatory, adding on to this having screaming younger siblings running around the house. I'm worried this living situation would affect my concentration, studying, etc. My postgraduate loan wouldn't come close to paying for my accommodation if I went to this uni, so living elsewhere isn't really an option. That was option A. Option B, stay at the current uni and apply for an MSc. With this option, I would be entitled to the postgraduate loan. After taking off course fees and accommodation, I'd have roughly £1,500 to live on for the year. Not impossible, but certainly a tighter budget. I'll graduate in the summer with my friends slash course mates and then start my new course in September with a qualification to my name. I also wouldn't have to worry about younger siblings distracting me when I'm doing coursework and actually have a bedroom. Option C... My final option is to transfer onto the integrated masters at my current uni. With this option, I would continue to get the undergraduate loan, which would leave me with roughly £4,500 to live on after rent. I'm a first-generation uni student from a working-class family, so get the max loan. Good on you. With this amount of student finance, I would be able to live comfortably and wouldn't have my concentration affected by lacking a quiet place to study or younger siblings. My biggest issue with this option is I won't graduate alongside my friends slash course mates and won't have a qualification in the bank. This may sound quite superficial to be an issue, but it would certainly be nice to have something to show for my work so far. Thank you in advance. Anonymous. P.S. Congratulations, Simon, on getting your thesis correction approved and good luck, Dan, with third year. So an interesting an interesting one, this. Basically, you know, do we go for option A, which is a better university but what sounds like a not great living situation option b staying at the current uni and then going on to do a master's after you know graduating with not very much money at all or option c staying at the university but transferring on to an integrated master's which gives more money but then you don't graduate with your friends and you only then have one qualification at the end rather than two so this is an interesting one i think a lot of readers are going to have some thoughts on this Mm. Um, I already know what I would recommend. 
I'm actually not sure. I, I think but I, I know. have to save it for next week. I think I know what I, I, I'm recommending. But yeah, we'll have to. But what was interesting was last week I had some thoughts, and then they were kind of blown out of the water by a, a reader uh, who who wrote in. So yeah, absolutely interesting. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, yeah, dear reader, if you have an opinion on this um, and you would like us to read it out on the show, send an email to spongeelectricgmail.com with crisis corner uh, response in the subject line, and we will anonymize all those emails. So you're not going to be outed if you want to sort of shout at anonymous. Um, they're not going to know who you are. You don't know who they are. Um, and we will hopefully have a bunch of interesting correspondence to read out next time. Um, I think this is going to be kind of an interesting one. I, I I feel like Dan and I might have quite different responses to this, so we'll see. Mm. Do 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 write in readers. For the time being, though, we're going to leave Crisis Corner and we're going to go on to Correspondence Corner. So we're in Correspondence Corner, and would you believe we have? No, surely not. Uh, we have a we have a message from Mister Dan Hanvey. Oh. After his 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 foray into Denmark, but without further ado, let's 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 jump right in and see and see how he's doing. We we've we've all been we've been waiting we've been waiting desperately for an update, and and, and Dan has graced us with one. So here we go. Uh, the subject line is Denmark. D a n m a r k is Danish for Denmark. Huh. Full stop. I fit in here. <laughs> he goes on to say. Greetings both. It's been a while since my last missive, so I thought I'd pen down some uh, pen some thoughts down. Firstly, I agree with Dan. Yes, Simon, you need to watch The Man in the High Castle. I started yeah. watching a few months ago, and now I'm hooked. Thanks for letting me know about season three, Dan. No worries. Uh, secondly, Danish wo- wo- Danish women falling at my feet, please. The only that's only going to happen if I strap bamboo to my shoes and whack them in the shins as I walk along. There <laughs> they are. I grant you, quite attractive and also very good at English. Uh, Finally, since my moving out here has been a step out of my comfort zone, here's another thing uh, that is unusual for me. It's probably been about 10 years since I last tried to write any fiction, but I thought I'd give it a crack. Oh my my god. No. Please find attached chapter one of A Rather Strange Adventure. I'm afraid it's mostly set up. More will happen in future chapters. You're- it's my first bit of fiction for a long time, so sorry if it's a bit dodgy. I was also trying to style it uh, a little after a much-loved author. See if you can work out how it was by the chapter ends. Still mostly me, Dan-ish. And he's attached... Um, chapter one of a rather strange adventure, which is very exciting. We'll have to. Oh. I'll be moving that into the fan fiction oh folder as goodness. we speak. I'm so glad that it's going well. A massive thing, a massive thing for Dan. As I say, he, he came down to Exeter not long ago, and we had a catch up before he was going to be heading off. But mm. um, I'm really glad that everything's going well. And uh, Danish listeners, if we we must have some listeners in. If you're a Denmark. Danish listener, just pop us an email. Well, let's let's see if we can get a census going of all the the readers in in Denmark because. Yeah, well, I'll tell you cool. what, I'm actually going to go, I'm going to jump into some analytics right now and I'm going to see if we do have any listeners in Denmark. Statistics, geography. Yeah, we've got listeners in Denmark. <laughs> Can you tell me anything more than that? How many? Uh, we, it, we've got 200, 233 downloads in Denmark. Across the, all the episodes. So that's probably like... What? Hang on, how many episodes have we done? 40. So that's like five listeners, at least. There you go. Well, if you live in Copenhagen, and these... yes, get in touch. If you're a Danish listener, we want to hear from you. We could put you in touch with Danvi, who may hit you in the shins uh, with yeah. with some bamboo. But if it's Danvi doing it, it's well worth it, because oh. he's just a lovely, lovely man. Absolutely. Now, the thing is, I asked Danvi, I, I, I had a conversation with him on Facebook, to write us some fan fiction, and there was a very specific request that I made... If he's done mm. it, I am gonna, 
I, I'm gonna big nut everywhere. It's it's good. It, oh god! It, oh god! Please, Danby, tell me you've done what I think you've done. Anyway, we'll get to that. Uh, moving on, uh, we have a follow-up email from Antoinette Epsilon, who wrote in last episode, um, who uh, had a question about a pinata bat, um, and uh, the follow-up is Swan Pinata Massacre. Uh, hello. Now, can you open this email for me, Dan? I can. Yeah. I open up the email and tell me what you see. I can see my face on a cat and your face on a dog. Both faces are incredibly pixelated. Yeah, that's that's some real low-grade quality photoshopping. It's really shopping. pretty. Oh, and we've got the pictures of the Tentai Bart. We have some pictures of the Tentai Bart, as requested. Um, Brilliant. Very, I like how you've managed to somehow not get the whole coin in either picture. Um, yeah. <laughs> both of them are just like a little bit too close and a little bit out of focus and just a little bit out of frame. Um, oh, it says here, uh, the picture is that of the former king of Thailand, Rama the Ninth. Bumibol Adulyadjech, whose name will most likely be in the next title of a cast episode. <laughs> Probably. Um, oh, well, they, they however, um, Antoinette is in a bit of a cat's and jammer again. This year, I want to put some effort into Halloween, which begins with carving something super scary into the pumpkins. So what should it be of these options? A differential equation, student debt, puberty, Simon and Dan fan fictions, or the political landscape of 2016 to 2017. They're all... I mean, differential equations... I think you should find a way to do a little bit of everything. I I want you, Antoinette, to... um, I I, I want you to do specifically the Coco Van minus the Van fan fiction. Uh, (laughs) Carve that into a pumpkin. Like, I, I don't know. If you're really good at sculpture... Please do that, because I, I, hmm. I would love nothing more than a pumpkin of a fan fiction that somebody wrote about a podcast that I do with my friend. That is just the most millennial thing imaginable to me, so I absolutely want it. But all of those are terrifying, my God. Yeah, God. It's been, it's been a horrible time. It's going to be a scary Halloween, wherever you are. Yeah, Jesus, spoopy, spoopy AF. But thank you, Antoinette, for us and for those images of the cat and the dog. It's um, a real treat. <laughs> we have an email here from Ben Dent. Ben Dent. Uh, those of you might recognise that name from last week because both Simon and I met Ben uh, when he was in Exeter. He goes on to say, Dear Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, a very good day unto you. I have a few items to note. Which one? Um, Am I Dr. Jekyll? I suppose so. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, a very good day. Uh, a very good day unto you. I have a few items to note. Secondly, twas a pleasure and a pleasant surprise to meet you two uh, top lads when I was in Exeter. I was very pleased that you're such top lads in person. As great as you are in the great digital realm, hopefully our paths will cross again. Firstly and finally, I completely get what Simon was saying about the imposter syndrome, as I experienced the same thing while starting at Imperial this year, especially when surrounded by people with higher grades who are um, going through work more quickly. It's beginning to fade, but I was wondering what advice Simon has for dealing with that. Uh, thirdly. I believe a while ago, uh, we were owed a video of the Right Honourable Daniel Moore consuming a KFC bucket. Uh, I was wondering People haven't uh, forgotten. if this will ever materialise. Uh, tenthly, a side note, loving the commentary tracks for patrons um, of your videos, Simon, as I enjoy the insight into how magic is accomplished. Also loving the possibility of m- more merch as I missed out the first time. Is there going to be any more Simon merch like the to-do calcul- um, like to calculate t-shirt was at any point too? Proud to be a top lad supporter on 
wikicast.com forward wikicast.com forward slash the patreon so everyone join <laughs> that's very good wanna, so everyone joins in the fun and game uh, that, that, that domain name and redirect it to patreon.com forward slash the wikicast because yeah. that's funny on that note many thanks to the top quality non content on the podcast and the top quality content on youtube mainly simon but also squishy and sparky may the odds be ever in your favor and hail hydra yours always mr denbent esquire there's a lot uh, okay, to unpack so, here right okay yeah um so I'm going to say it now. The KFC bucket video will happen at some point. I don't know when, but it will. So um, many people have messaged me about this recently. Like I think I think yeah. someone screenshotted it and was like, "Wait a minute, we never got this." So yeah. we, we we are going to do that. Like when I'm next, yeah, next it will, to it will happen. I will force Dan to do it. Uh, and far as far as merch goes, um, I'm I've got this this t-shirt I'm designing in the pipeline. It will be limited run because it's just a joke. But I want to I want to actually make it look really legit. You so say that though, but that's that what I thought about the to do calculate shirt. Like, I thought that would be a joke, and then I sold like a hundred of the things. Like people, yeah. But I think in terms taste. of design, you literally wrote to do calculate on it. I'm trying to make mine look like something you'd buy from like a charity shop. Um, it will be it will be ready, but it, it's it's it needs a little bit more time. But I'll I'll be sure to notify people, and there will be, as I say, it's going to be a limited run, but but we'll very much uh, very much do them. Yeah, and I, I mean I'm I'm not against me doing future merch. I mean it just ha- has to be something that I think is actually worth doing. Like I would quite like to get to the point where I have a, a strong enough visual identity that I can do a shirt that's an actual merch shirt rather than just a joke. Um yeah. Maybe that will happen soon, I don't know, but I I'm, I'm I quite like the idea of it because merch is quite lucrative to be honest. So, you know, like I, I, I'm. I just don't want to do it with a product that I think is bad. I wanted. I want to make yeah. a product that I'm actually proud of and I would wear. So, give me enough time to to do that, basically. But also, yeah, the thing he says in that same point. Um, for those of you who, who might not know, on my Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash SimonOxFizz, um, I've started doing commentary tracks on my science videos, which explain how I do the special effects and how I write it. Um, and yeah, people seem to be enjoying them. Um, they're, they're Patreon exclusives. So if you want to hear them, then you, um, if you donate more than $3 a month, then you get access to that and a bunch of other um, exclusive content, just in case people weren't aware. Sorry, as you were, Dan. Uh, well, there was some advice for dealing with um, uh, imposter syndrome. Ah, uh, sorry. Ah, lemon. Ah, um, um, yeah, um, yeah. No, I actually watched a video today about um imposter syndrome, which was I, something I didn't know. Apparently, Einstein suffered from imposter syndrome, um, hmm. which was immensely comforting to know that. Like, it was Einstein and Maya Angelou, I think it was, both suffered terribly from imposter syndrome um so it doesn't like it's not like it's going to go away by just you getting better at something because you're never going to be as good at something as einstein was at physics um like it, you kind of have to confront it earlier than that I, which which was a fallacy that i kind of believed i think i thought i just figured that eventually i'll get good enough and it just won't be a problem i don't think that's ever going to yeah. happen i never got over it um i i literally was always paralyzed by imposter syndrome and felt like i never really belonged in academia so i'm mm. I'm, I'm literally the worst person you could possibly ask um you know about this i really wish i could give you some useful advice but i've got nothing man um if well, we've got a lot of we've got a lot of listeners who are at uni or college or something so maybe this could also be not necessarily a a, a crisis but if anyone's got any advice for, you know, for, for going to uni and, and being surrounded by people with higher grades who are getting through work faster and, and you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, if we, if we have readers who are going to be better at this than me. So readers, could you please uh, write in <laughs> with with your advice on how to deal with imposter syndrome? Because I need it as much as Ben does from the sounds of things. <laughs> and with that, 
I'm afraid uh, I'm going to have to disappear off. Uh, I, I have some plans this evening. Uh, it's for, for those who are currently doing your A-levels, um, I imagine that your school is going around that time of uh, of having to get kind of UCAS things ready and choices and personal statements and things. My my two younger brothers are are, are in that stage just now, and I said that I'd... Um, I'd, I'd give them a give them a ring and kind of go through some some planning and stuff to help them out. So uh, slightly shorter one, tried a shorter one this week. Um, it's a Dan episode. Rest assured, it's, we'll it's be, not a Simon episode we'll be, this yeah. week. It's a Dan episode. Rest assured, we'll be we'll be back next week. Um, we'll be looking forward with bated breath uh, to your to your um, thoughts on the crisis um, and and any recommendations for for Ben Dent Esquire. Ben Dent. Um, but yes, it's going to be a quarter a shorter one this week because um, I've got to nip off and uh, call my fam. Oh, he's a but, good uh, boy. You should, everyone should call their family. If you are lucky enough to still have a family, give them a call at least once a week because, you know, they made yes. you. You know, you, go, you owe it to them. They, they'll care about you. Yeah. But yes, Absolutely. unfortunately, that does result in a slightly shorter episode. But, oh wait, no, you, you kick off on the script. I get this wrong every yeah. single week. So, Simon, what have we learned today? Well, Daniel, we have learned about the 2005 Beijing Guan 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 football club season, uh, which was uh, the club's second consecutive season in the Chinese Super League and contained such mighty players as Wang Dong. <laughs> it's still, yeah, it's still, that, yeah. it still makes me laugh. His name is Dick Dick, uh, and not the little tiny deer. Um, we talked about that for a bit. Then we talked about football uh, and you, how your mum is a Liverpool fan. Uh, my mum's yep. a Portsmouth fan. We had uh, Coral Corner, my recommendation, that, that Sanders piece, which you'll be able to find in the show notes. Mm. Um, we had a chat about... We had a long old chat about YouTube, and I ranted. Yeah, we for, did for quite a while. I, I'm going to look back. I say, at the waveform. Well, I say we had a chat. Yeah, sorry. I'm going to look back at the waveform and be like, "Mother of God, Dan, yeah, I really didn't talk. <laughs> I didn't let him talk." Um, I can. I'm looking through mine. I can see where you went on the rant. Uh, so, did did like, you yeah, say big rant? old big old blank there? I went on the rant. Yeah, rant. Putting on the rant. Um, yeah, we talked about that, and then we had a crisis corner, and then a curtailed correspondence. We do have now multiple fan fictions. Uh, mm. We may have to have a fan fiction corner next week. We don't even read out correspondence; we just do the fan fictions. Um, yeah, we've got so many in the in the in the, in the catalogue. We need to we need to go through. But people, please do, please, please, please do write in with your response to Crisis Corner. I really love it if that format took off for Crisis Corner, where we we use our communal powers as a community to help solve one of our own uh, our own members' crises. Um, do yeah. do write in with that, and also anything that you think uh, uh, merits correspondence on the show and responding to Ben Dent. But I believe I've just taken some of your lines, Dan. Sorry. Bollocks. Here we go. There we go. <laughs> We're back. That's all for this week's episode. <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe to us on your podcasting service and choice. You can like us on Facebook. And if you'd like to see our faces, check out our YouTube channel, Spongy and Electric. Crisis replies, crisis alerts, and other thoughts on the show can be sent to us at spongyelectric at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Join us again for another tumble down the wiki rabbit hole, and we'll we'll see see you next next time. time. Uh, Right. Oh, um, interesting fact for you, by the way, between sections. Mm -hmm. Uh, Richmond, Mm -hmm. California is named after Richmond, Virginia which is named after mm. Richmond, London, which is named after Richmond, North Yorkshire, which is named after Richemont, Normandy. <laughs> wow, that is quite cool. There's a, Richmond, there's a Richmond in Australia too. You could say it's a rich history. I've got a funny, I've got a, I've got a joke for you. Okay. Is it okay, you ready? You've got to think about this. Okay. It's an important question. Okay. Right. How long... 
is a Chinese, is a Chinese name. name. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. That is a good one. I bet he played for um, Go On, Go On, Go On United. 